My name is Chloe Thompson. I am 15 years old. I have my own nonprofit organization called Chloe Cares, where I support the homeless community. Match your passion with your purpose. Don't let anyone tell you you're too young to do anything. I didn't let anyone bring down the light that I was trying to shine in the world. Welcome to The Genius Generation, a podcast where we talk to young people doing incredible things in the world of STEM. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Castillo. I'm a science producer, writer, and content creator with a PhD in science communication. On today's episode, we're talking to Chloe Thompson, who is a social entrepreneur and the founder of Chloe Cares, a nonprofit that provides basic resources such as water and hygiene products to those experiencing homelessness or living in low-income areas. Welcome, Chloe. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Chloe, what is the mission of Chloe Cares and what services and resources does it provide? So the mission of Chloe Cares is to help those who need it. The different things that we provide are a toiletry items such as deodorant, soap, toothbrushes, toothpaste, socks, things of those such that we all use on a daily basis. We also provide ways for youth to get involved in their community by teaching them how to start their own businesses and initiatives. And then we also supply school supplies, clothing, shoes, and of course, clean water in schools in Ghana. Awesome. Why is it important to get kids to be involved in taking care of their community, whether that is providing basic hygiene or even just like basic necessities such as water? I feel as if there's a lot of problems that have been created by those before us. And yes, they are trying a whole lot to help fix them. But I also do think that we are the next generation that a lot of these problems are being dumped on. Everyone deserves to have these sort of products for themselves. And it's not fair that everybody else doesn't get to have them. And so I think making sure that everyone has the things that they need is just the true importance here. You were actually giving out tote bags from a very young age. At what point did you kind of start doing this? Well, it first originally started when I was eight. I was able to help just so many people and just knowing all of the people I was able to help and I'm still continuing to help, I think is what really pushed me to want to continue and wanting to make it something more. How did that feel being like an eight-year-old and having like this big vision? How did you get the ball rolling to actually make it into an actual organization? I think... It just took a lot of time and paperwork, of course. <laughs> I was spending almost like every day making bags and making sure that I had bags with me. I was filling bags. I was reaching out to people if they wanted to help make bags or getting donations and always talking about what I was doing. And I think that's also really helped me with the nonprofit aspect and getting donations and doing things like that. But yeah, I think it was really just me continuing on what I was doing before. I need a lot of help throughout this. I had my mom, my dad, my great grandma. She's the person that taught me how to sew. She's one that like really helped me when it came to making the bags. And it's even funny, like some of her friends were always helping us. Oh my goodness, well, that's so cool. <laughs> you also have another vision for Chloe Cares in terms of using vending machines to distribute hygienic products. Can you tell us a little bit more about that endeavor? Yeah, we just recently installed our first hygiene vending machine, which is so exciting. It's a vending machine that is given to people experiencing homelessness and in low-income communities that disputes hygiene items. And it's super cool. It's super exciting. It's a new thing. And it's, it's another something I'm really excited about and hoping to um, install more in different places. Yeah, I think you eventually kind of grew a different arm in Chloe Cares and 
producing like reusable hygiene pads, right, for women as well. So can you tell us about that idea, how that idea came about? I'm really into being eco-friendly and reusable. For the longest, I've been like that. And I think I was doing some research about big things that cause pollution, and one of them was menstrual pads. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I didn't know that. We think about like the straws and the plastic bags and like the styrofoam, which are very important things to think about. But we also don't think about the other aspects that there are of pollution and what else can be polluting. And so PADS was one of the big ones. And so I was like, I want to do something about this, you know? And so I started making PADS. And now we're at our section where we found a manufacturer. We have our finished select pad and how it's going to look. Which is just so exciting to go from point A to point B. Because I remember my first pad, it was really bad because I was making them at first myself to make prototypes and working on them. And just seeing the final finished product and really just seeing like your vision come to life, it's just so cool seeing it all. Let's take a step back and go to the step A. So what was your step A in the development of your pad? I wanted to find fabrics that were biodegradable because I wanted it to be reusable. It was looking for good fabrics that were also eco-friendly at the same time because that's kind of hard to find like ones that like yeah, that absorb. a very specific ask. It is a very specific ask. So like finding fabrics was very difficult, but I ended up finding this website. They have a waterproof, they have like a really good absorbent ones and one is made out of bamboo. And so it's super cool. And I ordered them and I started just swatching them with water. And like every day I would like put together a new set of samples of different orders. I can put the fabric and then pouring water on it. So you're like, hmm, I wonder if that'll work. And then doing it again and again and again until I found like the perfect swatch. I was like, this is the one. And so then I started making a pattern and you know, I grabbed a pad and I was like, I'm just going to trace around this and see how this works and asking questions and then seeing how it looks and then making it and then like, wait, that doesn't look right. Let me fix this and fix that. That, and then finally getting to like the final pattern. And then even after that, then having to get a new final pattern and then a new final pad and moving on from there. You learned how to sew through your grandma, so you're applying those skills to make your own pad as well? That's how I made the prototype before we got mm -hmm. to our final pad look, was through the skills that my grandma has taught me. And I've been sewing again, like I said, since I was eight. So like I've been able to acquire so many more skills now and gotten a lot better at it. And so because of that, I was able to make my own pattern and I've learned how to do those things. Also then actually like starting to sew the pads and putting them together and figuring out how I would sew these pieces together for it to look like this. It was a lot of work, but like I was able to get there. Designing the pads and also like finding the manufacturer, were there any setbacks that you faced while, while doing this process? Many. There were many, many setbacks. Like I said, it was creating the right fabric and even just getting that process done was just so difficult. It was such a setback finding those type of fabrics <laughs> with this. And finding the manufacturer and finalizing your final prototype, is that kind of like your biggest aha moment? You're like, oh my God, this is this is real. Now we're actually going to continue to develop and make this bigger into what you envision. Just bunches of pads. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like it was just like it's like this crazy moment it was like oh my gosh it's happening it's almost like it's exactly an aha moment like yeah we did it <laughs> who would have thought you could be so excited about menstrual pads but i think that's pretty cool i don't know if this is too tmi of a question but are you going to be testing the pads to make sure that they're actually able to withstand the variety of different flows that people with vaginas experience 
Yeah, yeah. That's kind of also where we're at at the same time because, you know, we've tested with water. I would use like a measuring spoon and I would just take water and I would pour it and take water and I would pour it. And I would be like, okay, this works. And like, there's no spillage, there's nothing going on, nothing's coming out the sides. Like, it all fit and it worked. But I understand like someone on their cycle, it may be different compared to some water. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, most definitely. Right now, we're kind of in the testing stage of everything. Now, now that we have the final pad, final look, we're going to go straight into testing as well. But yeah, that's also another portion we're on right now. What is the bigger vision with you having your hand in kind of different avenues of Chloe Cares? I dabble in so many things is because I want to make sure that everybody has the right to some sort of resource. Everybody gets something. I want to make sure everybody has hygiene products, whether it's through me giving them a tote bag or them going through a vending machine. I want to make sure everybody has clean water. I really hope one day I can have some sort of community center. It's something I've been saying since I was like nine. I recently got land in Ghana. And so I want to make a trade school out there where kids and youth can go and have opportunities to learn different crafts. Oh, that's so incredible. I like how you just casually like, yeah, we bought land. I can't wait to see that happen. With what you've done so far, what has been the biggest impact of Chloe Cares? The biggest impact of Chloe Cares? That's so hard because I see everything as some sort of big impact. But I do remember I was visiting the LA Mission, which is a mission out here, and I was passing out bags. And all the women there always make sure I stop in, I say hi, I sit down, I talk. I love giving out hugs. I love doing it. And so giving out hugs to everyone. And this one lady, I gave her a hug and like I could just hear her start crying. And like uh, when we let go of our hug, she had told me that I had made her feel human again just by looking at her, smiling at her. And she hadn't been hugged in so long that it made her feel human. And it really made me realize that something so simple as a hug can make someone feel this, this sense of being human. Also, it had impacted me to want to continue doing what I'm doing because there are so many people who don't just get a smile every day, who don't get a hug every day, which can let them feel just less than. And I really feel like everyone shouldn't have to feel that way. That's a really beautiful moment. I think sometimes we kind of get lost in our own privileges. It does come at a price and people don't even have the ability to afford that. What would be a piece of advice that you want to give someone that wants to start a nonprofit? I would say, first of all, match your passion with your purpose. Find something you're passionate about and find a purpose that it might have because it'll be so much easier to figure out what you want to do or where you're going to go with it once you have this all figured out. I think that and then also don't let anyone tell you you're too young to do anything. I promise you you're not. I didn't let anyone really bring down the light that I was trying to shine in the world. Snaps to that. Do you think you being young helped you kind of have the attitude that like, you can't tell me what to do, I'm just gonna keep doing it? Yeah, I think that's also always been my attitude growing up. (laughs) So like, I was just kind of like, what do you mean I can't do that? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I will challenge you and I will raise you five. Exactly, that was kind of me growing up. Hopefully you being the next generation will take us there and inspire and train other young folks to take initiative and to demand, you know, not nicely asked, but like demand for these things or make it happen with the work that you guys are all doing. So I want to thank you so much, Chloe. I can see your light from here and I'm really grateful for what you're doing with Chloe Cares. And I really hope that your business continues to impact those that are around it. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening this week's episode of Genius Generation. Make sure to tune in next week to hear our next guests and all the incredible things that they're up to. We'll see you next time. 
Funding for the Genius Generation comes from the Arthur Vining Davis Foundations, investing in our common future. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.